Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. We approached a couple of agents uh, to potentially sell the property. And there were buyers waiting to pay $850,000 for it. Okay, so we paid low fives for this house and there were buyers waiting to pay $850,000 for this newly renovated property. And the lesson there, I think, is a couple of things. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode of Invest Like a Pro, we're chatting with founder and director of Housefinder, Simon Liu. In sharing this Brisbane-based case study, he reveals how he took this unusual client's precise wish list, found the perfect property to match and went above and beyond to help them generate $300,000 in equity in just one quick flip. Lou's case studies continue to inspire and amaze with their minuscule purchase prices and jaw-dropping equity uplifts. He begins by sharing this particular client's background, painting a picture of how he came across Housefinder, his history and explains what makes him stand out among his peers in Lou's impressive case study portfolio. A particular client came uh, came to me, uh, it was a, an older gentleman, uh, you know, close to retirement age. So, you know, he had no intention of buying a house uh, to buy and hold and build a portfolio and even leverage, you know, so he, he, he wanted something pretty specific. Uh, it was a, a bit of an anomaly buyer in the sense that he was only going to be buying with cash. So he had a lot of cash sitting in his bank, uh, just doing nothing. Um, he, he's got a few assets and shares and things like that have accumulated over the, over the years. But um, his goal was purely to buy a house, to take advantage of a booming market and to flip it and to make a profit. So, uh, yeah, that's, that, that, that's basically the background of this, uh, of this particular buyer. It sounds like a, a retiree who just perhaps maybe had a lot of time on his hands. I think so. And an opportunist, opportunist as well, I think, at the end of the day. You know, um, he said to me that, you know, when you're reaching that kind of age, you... you you uh, just want to make the most of your uh, of, of the days when you actually do retire. You know, obviously, you need you need money to do that. So I think he was just trying to find ways with what he had to 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 maximize that uh, that ability. And uh, and as a result, we we, we picked up a, a deal which I'll which I'll get into. Yeah, that's awesome. So this, this semi-retired person, um, as you said, was a little bit older, had a bit of cash available, and he wanted to purchase something of potentially a flip or reno so maybe the question is then is why or which 
was there a particular area that he specified in his requirements or did you recommend something to him? It was definitely mostly our recommendation. You know, so as part of what we do, when we introduce a, a property to a client, we don't just send like a link, you know, to domain or realestate.com.au. We include quite a lot of research and information about the, the house itself, the suburb profile, you know, the demographics, the vacancy rates, uh, very important comparable sales. So we research a lot of comparable sales, what's what's selling at the moment, that's as identical to the house that we're looking at as possible. Okay. We run <laughs> we run cash flow analysis, we do a lot of due diligence with the inspections and you know, ensuring we know the condition of the house inside out. So when when he realized that, I think he kind of entrusted us to help him find a property that he could flip. And, uh, uh, you know, notwithstanding any growth that could happen, but at the very least, when we bought it, we could have flipped it for a good profit, even if there was no growth, assuming zero growth at the time. So, uh, you know, yeah, off we went. Uh, you know, he had a, obviously a budget in mind. Uh, he didn't want to exceed, um, and we could work within that. And we looked at options in Brisbane, you know, across several uh, uh, council areas, you know, from Logan to Redland Bay, um, even, even in the sort of inner parts of Ipswich, uh, uh, in, in Moreton Bay as well, obviously. And the property we uh, we ended up going for um, was a house uh, in Moreton Bay. It was in a suburb called Griffin. Uh, uh, Griffin's about uh, uh, thirty-five odd kilometres north of Brisbane, uh, by the water. Very nice uh, sort of feel to it, owner occupier, all that kind of stuff. Um, now, this particular property, and I emphasise this because he was a cash buyer, and. Uh, you know, for maybe some of the new listeners out there, uh, my focus has always been on distressed sellers and off-market sellers. And when you have a cash buyer that's ready to do a deal with no finance condition, you know, maybe a very, very short settlement. The settlement for this in this particular case was only 20 days. Um, it opens you up to a lot more opportunities in terms of securing extraordinary deals okay so i was introduced to this house immediately the agent when he spoke to me about this particular property was warning negative stuff okay and the negative stuff was the house was uh was was run down the person living in it um uh, uh had uh mental health issues and also evidence would suggest that drug related issues as well. <laughs> so, so he was, um, yeah, anyway, yeah, there was evidence in the house that he was either using drugs or even making drugs, but anyway, irrespective of that, um, it was a, it was a situation where, uh, this particular seller, uh, just didn't care really about, um, very much, you know, as evidence when you went through the house, you know, the carpets were ripped up. There's all these weird paintings on the walls, not paintings as in like framed paintings, but actual paints that he painted himself. Um, you know, the bath, one of the bathroom toilets was uh, was entirely covered up 
uh, with uh, with like a, a foam, you know, like um, uh, the toilet, the actual toilet bowl, so you couldn't use it. So you actually went to see that property yourself. Sometimes I go see properties, but I've got I've got a team on the ground. Sounds like you're there. That's why I was like, wow, you must have seen quite a <laughs> would be an eye opener. <laughs> when we do these inspections, it's it's usually about a hundred pictures of everything like this, and video walkthroughs and things like that. So it's quite thorough. But we looked at. Um, it was, it was, there was a million things like that about this house. They were just screamed, you needed a lot of work. So obviously my buyer being a flipper, we didn't care about any of this. You know, all this stuff was coming out anyway. The, the walls, you know, were going to be repainted, a toilet bowl, you know, a couple of hundred bucks from Bunnings, um, if, if we had to replace it. So this particular seller just wanted cash. You know, he was obviously, I don't know, we can make assumptions all day long, but given his particular situation, he needed to, he needed cash quick and it was clear that he was a drug user. I'll let you guys, you know, put the two together. <laughs> yeah, correct, correct, it's straight. But anyway, um, you know, we're at the right place at the right time and we managed to pick this particular property up uh, for the low 500s. Okay, at the time, this was only in... Uh, 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 Late last year, I don't want to use specifics because I don't want to reveal too much about this particular house just for my client's privacy. But late last year, we picked up this house uh, for, for the low 500s in a suburb of Griffin. It was a cash purchase um, and we could settle in 20 days. And we could only buy this house with cash. He wasn't interested in a finance condition. The seller wasn't interested with us doing a building and pest. He obviously knew that the house was a bit weird, a bit wrecked. Um, so anyway, we came along and, and bought it. Now, immediately, actually during the time that it was settling, that 20 days, you know, we organized our trades. Uh, we, we work with a team of trades as well that, uh, that we trust to go in and to do a, do a quote. Um, you know, once we got the quote sorted, uh, it, it came to around about the $30,000 mark, you know, for the Renault. And it was a quite substantial. You know, it was new floors, new carpets, the entire house to be to be repainted. And it wasn't just a paint. It needed a lot of patchwork, a lot of scraping and all this kind of stuff because there was holes and stuff all over the walls. Um, it wasn't a kitchen reno, but we had to uh, sand down the kitchen. Um, a, a tip for you guys, uh, you know, instead of replacing kitchen bench tops and cabinets, what you can do is you just sand them down and repaint them and they come up literally as good as new. Um, uh, a lot of tiny little things that need fixing in the bathroom and on the outside of the houses and things like that as well. So it looked like a, a full cosmetic renovation. You, you, you wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't say it's a structural renovation because you know you didn't have to strip out any walls or anything like that. But cosmetically, it just wasn't livable. Let's say. Correct, hundred percent. And um, you know, we we did the reno. The reno did, bearing in mind that it was kind of at that point where we're getting into the December period slash January period. So there was a bit of a month and a half of time where trades couldn't get in, you know, <clears throat> we couldn't get it started. So unfortunately, yeah, it just had to go through that time. That's typical of any, any, even in developments, most traders knock off around about sort of mid December and don't get back to the end of January. So you kind of factor in at least January is a write-off and most people don't get back until February to really do any work. So understand, um, yeah, that would have happened, unfortunately. We got started the works in early Jan and it only took the trades two weeks because they had a team of like um, a team of, uh, you know, a, 
many, many people that just come in and does everything, you know, at once. So you manage, you help manage this whole process. You, you purchased the property for the, the buyer and also you came in and helped them with organizing the trades or you didn't have to necessarily be there, but you just helped. Look, we definitely help where we can. We don't, we don't manage the project per se in this particular case as well. Uh, but we introduce the tradies, we get the quotes and we kind of put the two parties together. And at one point, oh, at some point, it's beneficial for the buyer to be in direct contact with the trades anyway, because it just it's just coming through me, you know, the communication is just gonna come through me and I communicate to the buyer and the buyer communicates through me and it's just unnecessary. So once the quote's approved, then we kind of just give it through, uh, you know, leaving to We obviously, you know, if there's any questions or anything that you need help with, you know, hit, hit us up any time, we're more than happy to give you advice. But typically at that point, it's, um, uh, we, we trust our trades enough to, 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 to complete the Renault efficiently and effectively. So anyway, Renault's done. Um, and, uh, you know, we, uh, the buyer, uh, you know, we approached a couple of agents uh, to potentially sell the property. And there were buyers waiting to pay $850,000 for it. Okay, so we paid low fives for this house. And there were buyers waiting to pay $850,000 for this newly renovated property. And the lesson there, I think, is a couple of things. Number one, stick to buying good deals. Always stick to buying good deals. Um, buy in areas that, that has that pent-up owner-occupied demand. Because these are the kinds of people that will pay $850,000 for a for a comfortable family home. So when we did the reno, we had that in mind. We renoed it to the point where it felt comfortable, clean, uh, almost like a blank canvas for whoever bought and whoever wanted to buy it and, and, and live in it to maybe add their own touches. Uh, and yeah, you know, there was definitely money to be made. Now, one of the most important points, I think, and this goes with a lot of properties that I, uh, with my own properties that even I know is don't sweat the small stuff. You know, don't don't overwhelm yourself with this quote might be too expensive. That's you know I can get that for hundred dollars cheaper if I did that myself, or if I got a quote elsewhere, or if I coordinated everything. I'm not saying this to champion uh, trades that are trying to rip you off, but for me and for this particular buyer, what was way, way more important is trust. You know, our ability to trust a particular tradesperson to do the right thing and to do it effectively and to do everything holistically. You know, not necessarily just every little itemized thing that was on the quote to do the renovation. Because anyone who's ever done a renovation, even a small one, will know that you can quote forever but once you get into it, you'll uncover little things here and there that needs a little touch up, that might need fixing, that might need screwing back in. And these are little things that make a big difference when you sell a house or when you rent a house, the appeal of it. You know, people pick this stuff up. So you want some, you want to have a, a person on the ground or a, or a bunch of trades on the ground that you can trust that will complete that for you from start to finish.
coming up after the break. Lou crunches the numbers to determine what's worth investing in at the end of the day. And because there was about $300,000 profit to be made, it really cares about five or 10 grand difference if it means peace of mind. The circumstances where you're better off cutting your financial losses for the greater good. Sometimes it's that relationship, that mutual respect that yes, you know, I'm trying to make a dollar, but at the same time, I understand that you're trying to make a dollar as well. He reveals the frequent call he would receive and used to dread most. There was a time in my investment career where I would get strung up every time I'd get the call. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Have you been looking for months and getting frustrated that each property you've seen since be a lemon? Or are you after distress, off-market, high cash flow properties in high growth areas, capital city locations? If you answered yes to either of these questions, you are not alone. For being a loyal listener of the podcast, Simon Liu is offering a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415-626-342 and quote Property Investory. When it comes to flipping a property, in order to make as much profit as you can in as short as time possible, Lou has the advice that will help you do just that or while not cutting any corners. By all means, like this guy was not the cheapest. You know, we could have shopped around and found people that were cheaper, but the value wasn't about saving $5,000 off $30,000. It was about get in, do the job, get out, no headaches, you know, almost no need for our input on anything. And because there was about $300,000 profit to be made, really cares about five or ten grand difference if it means peace of mind if it means you know uh just mental ease of uh, of dealing with the whole project and we talked about this in the past episodes that that kind of you know uh, mental ability will help you tackle the next project and tackle the one after that and your ability to rather just factor in the cost it, 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 it kind of works out the same, you know, at the end of the day. So, <laughs> so I guess that's, um, you know, again, just being maybe taking a step back and realizing, yes, if you were there physically, maybe you don't have to pay a hundred dollars to fix a GPO PowerPoint, <laughs> you know, maybe you can buy $5 one from Bunnings and pop it in yourself. But sometimes it's not about that. Like, you know, it's about just looking past that and accepting, yes, this is the cost of it. But, because I'm making so much money on the deal anyway, it doesn't even matter. So that that was that's a very important lesson to be learned. I totally agree, and and I think this is very very it resonates with me because I'll, I can share it with everyone my story in a moment about something similar to that. Was because also too it's time because if you find and nitpick at everything with a tradesperson and you start you know haggling over a certain thing, it will take a lot longer. You know, and ultimately when it takes that much longer, you'll probably end up costing you more in the long run than you know moving through a project that should have been only taking maybe two weeks but it might take you six months which i've heard plenty of stories like that too you know sometimes you look back and you go man i should have not done it myself it's like <laughs> i can i can tell you a story from a rich dad poor dad one where he said look 
I I thought, yeah, I could go to down to the hardware store and fix up a broken tap that I had at home. And I've seen them do it, you know, in the hardware store. I'm seeing people doing videos. It shouldn't be that hard, you know. He tried that after about two days or actually two weeks or something like that. He said he just gave up. He said, I called up in the end, paid a tradesperson. Even though I paid $50 extra, he got it done within an hour and my headache was solved. It's exactly that same thing. And once you find that great tradesperson, then stick to them, pay them on time or if you can, pay them early. So just to ensure that the work gets um, done very, very quickly and they'll look after you. And and I experienced this when I had my renovation that I was doing down in Portland, which is a, a commercial property that I had. And I looked at, look, it took me literally six months to find the right tradesperson because there was hardly any supply down there of any tradespeople and I just couldn't find him. But when I did find that guy who did it, he literally said to me, this is how I think you should do it. You know, I'd, I'd recommend doing this way. And I said, look, I trust your your opinion on this because you've been doing this yourself many, many years. Just go ahead and do it. Quote me how much it is and I'll just pay you. And he did. And when he did, <laughs> the property manager, when they rented out, they said that he does such a great workmanship on it that I'm going to get him to do all my future properties as well too because it just looks so good. Because it was instantly at the week after I got um, finished, it just rented out straight away. And that makes a huge difference because it saved me a headache of having to worry for another two or three months to try and find someone else to do it and even potentially me flying down to do it. And I just let someone handle that. So I can totally understand and say, look, it's worthwhile to pay a little bit extra than to you know haggle over a few thousand dollars. 100%. And uh, I think coming to that point as well, it's not even for your mental ability. It's actually for the tradesperson's mental ability as well because Negotiating with a tradesperson is like negotiating with a dentist. You're gonna, you're gonna, you might get a lower price, but it's gonna be painful, right? <laughs> because when you know you might be able to drill the the, the tradesperson down to a, a you know on a massive discount on a job that he quoted, but when he's there sanding away and painting away or doing this and that, he's gonna know that he gave you a massive discount. And he might cut a corner, you know, you know, if anything, even just out of pure anger or, 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 you know, remorse that he get, he's doing this, this job for, for so cheap, maybe. So sometimes it's that relationship, that mutual respect that, yes, you know, I'm trying to make a dollar, but at the same time, I understand that you're trying to make a dollar as well. Um, you know, let's try not, let's not rip each other off, but. If you look after me in the sense that I don't have to ha- even think about this reno, you just do it, uh, and you do it to your, your abilities that we, we 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 know that you can do. Everyone wins, you know, at the end of the day. So so that's a I think it's a very very important lesson because even in the world of property management, um, you know, when you own properties, your, your your standard rental properties and maintenance items come up. It sucks. Nobody likes the money out of their pocket to pay for leaking tabs or electricians or plumbers or this and that, little things that go wrong in the house, big things that go wrong in the house. But and there was a point there was a time in my investment career where I would get strung up every time I'd get the call. And by the way, the more properties you own, the more you're gonna get this call. You know, you're gonna get a call you're gonna get a call every week almost, you know, about one thing or another. Um and over the years, you especially once you've done a couple of tax returns and realize if you bought the right properties, your cash flow is actually quite healthy. And you, it just absorbs a lot of these costs to the point where it's just a drop in the ocean. Just realize it's not worth it. 
yeah, you know, $99 call-out fee sucks, emergencies sucks, you know, Sunday burst water pipes, you know, just do it, pay it, move on, mentally move on. And then at the end of it all, once you've made your money on the property, whether it's capital growth or through passive income, you're going to realize if you did worry, none of it was worth it at the time. Uh, in fact, you you frust getting frustrated and calling around different quotes and trying to organize access with this person to get into the house at that particular point in time. And maybe they didn't do a good job. So you had to get another guy to go out You try to do a warranty claim on the first job. It's just too much. It's, too, it's not, it's yeah. What's the point to say 50, hundred bucks, you know, maybe even a couple of hundred bucks. So I understand a lot of people are on budgets, very strict budgets. But I'm talking from a point of if you bought the property right in the first place, as in you got the right deal, the right numbers, the right cash flow, it just absorbs a lot of these costs anyway. So, so yeah, just just bear that in mind. Totally. So let, let's just jump back to the buyer, and I'm curious, what has he done with the property since that valuation? Well, interestingly, he's getting a little bit greedy, and he he wants to sit on it. <laughs> for for a couple of months you know as we all know brisbane's booming and there's no real sign of slowing down um in fact our research suggests that it's going to be going for the next five to ten years uh in line with what sydney and melbourne has done uh, if you look at the uh the last major boom cycle in brisbane which was many many years ago uh brisbane actually increased as interest rates were going up as well so there, as, you, as you know, Tyrone, there's a lot of talk at the moment about interest rates going up in 2022, and that's how that's going to affect property prices and things like that. There's a lot of predictions that, uh, you know, property prices are going to go crashing down and all this kind of stuff. That's what they said about COVID. Guess what happened? So that about COVID, that's what they said about Sydney back in 2011. Uh, you know, all these amazing economists came out to predict the, the, the bubble in Sydney. Um, but... Uh, you know, my personal belief, and we're kind of straying from the topic a bit, but my personal belief is that Brisbane is is going to be even more popular when interest when high interest rates affect the Sydney and Melbourne markets even more from an affordability standpoint, which will push population demand into Brisbane even further. Yeah, I think that would be the case. Even at three, four, five percent interest rates, uh, you know, the the prospects to buy a house in Brisbane currently is still still affordable. You know, so I think a lot of people are going to use that as a uh, draw card or an excuse to move up there, but and hence creating more demand for properties. I totally agree with you on that side of things because, yeah, it's already happening anyway. I've seen a lot of people who I've spoken to have just moved out of Sydney because one, due to COVID, they're working from home. There's no need to really be so close to the city. And two, they're, they're having a better lifestyle because they can sell down the high mortgage that they used to have. And, and basically use those extra funds to be able to live and enjoy their life in, with whatever they want to choose to do. So it's definitely happening. But yeah, coming back to the buyer. Yeah, the buyer in this particular case, he's just going to hold on to the property. I, I'm unsure if he wants to rent it out. I think he's, from my last conversation with him, he's a little bit reluctant to rent it out because he doesn't want, uh, you know, excessive wear and tear on his fancy new reno. Uh, so he might even just, just leave it uh, empty for a couple of months, see where the market goes and, you know, and, and sell it whenever he feels the time is right. So he's a buyer, he's a client that doesn't necessarily need the cash immediately. Uh, you know, he's, as I mentioned, he's in his sort of uh, 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 close to 
to his retirement age, so he's got a bit of cash lying around. Uh, so yeah, it's just a, a a good opportunity so far. It's interesting because you think about it, and you know, I, I would like to know your opinion on this. Is that say, for example, you've got a say a, a property value at eight fifty, you could potentially walk to a bank and get a residential loan, say up to eighty percent, even sometimes ninety. He could literally draw out say six eighty, six ninety, even close to seven hundred thousand, which will cover the cost of all his investment that he put in, of like you know low five hundreds, and potentially use that to roll over into another flip that he wants to do concurrently. We've had this conversation. Look, I can't, I can't relate. I, I can't empathize because I'm not at that age yet. But perhaps when you're at that age and you've got, you know, you're very established. Maybe you've got a few properties or assets or share portfolio that it's doing its own thing for you already. You know, maybe there's no need to get in debt. Maybe there's no need to absolutely max your position uh, in terms of how much you can borrow. Uh, maybe it's 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 just about uh uh you know being it could be just a case of him being bored maybe he wants to do something with his money and just you know have a project so that he can mentally yeah get his brain ticking over yeah exactly like you know at that point i think uh you know we did we obviously you know this client and i we discuss his goals and the reasons as to why he wants to get it but i don't think he had has any intention to to load up on debt uh at this point in time anyway and also, I can understand, yeah, the the headaches that you have to go through to go through and get the paper done, paperwork done anyway for getting a loan. It's always a headache. To be completely honest with you as well, I don't think he'll qualify for a loan because I don't think he he has like a proper full time job. <laughs> so I think he's kind of semi retired already. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of an anomaly. Thank you to buyer's agent Simon Liu, our guest on this special episode of Invest Like a Pro presented by Housefinder. Also, for being a loyal listener of the podcast, I've asked Simon to offer a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help you put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415-626-342 and quote, Property Investory. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Taylor Tsinas. Taylor Tsinas. I'm Taylor Tsinas and I have been training a global community of women since 2009. I've created a brand new podcast, Sweat Daily, to help you level up your life and reach your health and well-being goals. From fitness tips to food that fuels you, meditation to motivation, we've got you covered. Sweat Daily, the happiest, healthiest, and most confident version of you awaits. Available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.